This is Green Seas, a podcast by Tradewinds about sustainability and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin, and today we're going to talk about the next carbon law that the European Union is gearing up to impose on shipping. Fuel EU Maritime. It's time to get ready. At the start of this year, shipping was added to the European Union's emissions trading system, which requires companies to buy carbon credits to pay for the right to pollute. But Brussels isn't done. Another law known as Fuel EU Maritime is on the horizon. Starting in 2025, this law puts gradually tightening limits on the greenhouse gas intensity of the energy that shipping uses. This is Ricardo Batista, a European Commission policy officer, describing the main points of Fuel EU Maritime on a webinar organized with the Maersk McKinney Moller Center for Zero Carbon Shipping. It is designed to promote uh, the uptake of uh, renewable and low carbon fuels in shipping as a complement to energy efficiency. It is uh, technology neutral in, uh, in its uh, formulation, uh, allowing operators to have a variety of different uh, technology options and different uh, compliance measures without any prescriptive approach for specific technologies. Part of a wider package of EU carbon regulations and laws, fuel EU maritime starts gradually with 2% carbon intensity decreases next year on a path to 80% in 2050. But the work to comply starts even earlier. By the end of August, ship owners will be required to submit emissions monitoring plans to track the type and amount of energy used in port and at sea. And one major difference between this law and rules previously imposed by the EU and the International Maritime Organization is this. It's not just the emissions by the ship itself that matter. One of the disruptive elements of the fuel EU is its methodology, the life cycle uh, assessment, well-to-wake uh, uh, basis, which is uh, uh, introduced uh, for the first time um, as a greenhouse gas reduction measure in the regulatory framework for shipping. Uh, and this takes into account the, the contributions to greenhouse gas emissions from production and distribution of the fuels and also from the use of the fuels on board uh, ships. That means Fuel EU Maritime looks all the way up the supply chain to calculate an energy source's greenhouse gas intensity. Now, shipping companies don't have to make the emissions reductions. They can just pay the penalty, an effective carbon tax on top of the emissions trading system, or ETS, costs. Although Fuel EU Maritime starts with just a 2% cut in greenhouse gas intensity next year, that has an impact. Benjamin Le Chaptois is manager of the future shipping team at Bureau Veritas, a certification company and classification society that also advises maritime companies on compliance with regulations. He told me that a conventional vessel burning very low sulfur fuel oil, which is the standard fuel required under international regulations for vessels without an exhaust gas scrubber, will not be able to comply with the rule without making some changes. It means that even though it starts rather low, all those vessels, conventional ones, will have to find some tricks uh, to comply with fuel maritime or to pay the penalty. Because it's also one of the options you have to comply with the regulation. You can also pay. So it's all about um, your fuel hedging strategy, whether you are keen to, to pay the penalty or uh, the UETS and fuel maritime uh, CO2 cost uh, is... Um, and bid it into a premium you are uh, keen to pay or your clients are keen to pay. Now, to be fair, that wasn't the first thing that Le Chaptois told me. I always prefer starting um, by the opportunities uh, because even though there will be uh, some complexities, 
There are also some very nice mechanisms embedded into Furio Maritime. One of those mechanisms is a pooling feature in which shipping companies can put their vessels together, and if the average greenhouse gas intensity reduction complies with the law, then the individual ships are in the clear. And there's the ability to blend biofuels, or e-fuels made for renewable energy, with fossil-based fuels. But there are still complexities. One is the new metric in the regulation, carbon dioxide equivalent emissions per megajoule of energy, which is not used in other greenhouse gas laws. The monitoring, the traceability, uh, and how will you monitor that and embed that into your operational practices, it's not that easy. Um, all the sh sh shipping companies have to submit their monitoring plan by August 2024. So it's like in less than six months' time. So all the monitoring plans have to be prepared this year. So even if it will enter into force next year, actually it's already nowadays, uh, it should be embedded. But what will be the impact of fuel EU Maritime, particularly when it comes to its goal of promoting the use of green fuels? Le Cheptois pointed to the law's requirement that container ships and passenger vessels use zero-emission technologies in port starting in 2030. And although many would have liked to have seen more credit for wind propulsion, the legislation should help adoption of that technology. But there is a boost for so-called renewable fuels of non-biological origin, also known as RFNBOs. Those are those e-fuels produced from green electricity. There will be a multiplier for RFNBOs. So it's clearly uh, highlighted by European Commission that they want sub-targets fulfilled for RFNBOs, the so-called e-fuels. So those fuels will be promoted because of these multipliers, but uh, there may be some uh, scarcity related to RFNBOs. But in, uh, so basically, in the short to midterm, you can imagine that a lot of Biofuel blending below B30 will, uh, will be bunkered in fuel sailing from to or intra-EU waters. Inessa Ulicina is Shipping Policy Officer at Transport and Environment, a Brussels-based NGO. She told me that one thing that's important about fuel EU Maritime is that it doesn't just look at CO2. By factoring in all the greenhouse gas emissions from the start, it gets right to the heart of the climate pollution problem. The initial impact is probably not going to be that big, and uh, this is one of the this is one of the things that uh, we have to address because, as you know, fuel you maritime targets the greenhouse gas intensity of the fuels used on a ship, and it starts with a very modest two percent reduction uh, of of greenhouse gas intensity in the first five years. And uh, and only then, after 2035, the targets become more stringent, where where we can see that it's really going to push a big change, a big switch to e-fuels or RFNBOs. One issue she pointed out was that fossil fuel-based liquefied natural gas, or LNG, is incentivized by the regulation and will remain an important fuel for decades to come, despite concerns about methane emissions. But she said fuel EU Maritime does create opportunities for companies that want to be frontrunners in green shipping. That includes the pooling mechanism and the incentives for e-fuels. She said transport and environment would have liked to have seen more such incentives because there are many green fuel projects that can't go ahead because of unclear demand. Fuel EU Maritime is up for review in 2027, and she said the environmental group is gathering its thoughts for how it should change. She said transport and environment will campaign for strengthening the greenhouse gas intensity targets of the law. And the group will want to see the law broadened to smaller vessels below the current minimum of 5,000 gross tons. Fuel EU Maritime 
also only considers half of emissions for a voyage between the EU and other countries. And Uichina said that that geographical scope could be broadened. Also, perhaps thinking about counting wind energy directly into the greenhouse gas intensity targets, because there is a small wind factor included right now into the calculation, which kind of softens the the greenhouse gas uh, targets and makes them a little bit easier to attain if the ship has wind assist technologies. But this could be strengthened and improved to make shipping companies more interested in investing into those technologies. Of course, the next regulation on the mind of shipping is being prepared by the International Maritime Organization, where a global carbon price and fuel standards are being discussed. Read more about sustainability and shipping at tradewindsnews.com slash sustainability. There's also a Green Seas newsletter. Sign up at tinyurl.com slash Green Seas.